everyone, welcome to the Soulful Eclectic. I'm your host, Diana Collins, and I wanna thank you for coming in and joining me as we talk and share about life, love, and just being our authentic self. If this is your first time visiting me, welcome. Thank you for coming in and taking out your time to uh, listen. And also, if you're coming back, welcome back. I appreciate you so, so much, and I thank you for your support and your love, and I hope that um, everyone shares what the podcast has to, to offer, and um, yeah, thank you. That's all I can say is thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate you. Uh, so this episode is continuation from Alma Bearer, Chris Wood, and um, our conversation. So this part of the conversation is talking about how they became their authentic self through their spiritual walk and how they help others build themselves and be their authentic self. So with that, I lead us into that. Thank you. So as you, as you are growing in your spiritual growth and your authentic self, how do you bring that to the table? What do you bring into the table when you are um, encouraging and teaching these young women in, the, in your um, group home at the LGBTQ um, lifestyle to govern themselves as they step out into this world that is constantly against them? The thing about me is I've always been very transparent. And um, sometimes our lesson comes from my experiences. And basically having those, the opportunity to have one-on-one conversations with them to let them know that, one, I care. I'm, one of, I'm not one of the adults you have, have run across in the past because the reason why they're there is because they had a lot of, adults before them that had let them down and I'm telling them I'm here as long as you need me I'm here even if you leave here I'm going to be here because that's the the onus of the relationship that I want to to grow with them is that they can trust me Mm -hmm. and I'm going to be there for them I'm going to try to do everything that I need to help them get to where where they want to go and also just being able to listen to them because I feel the biggest thing that I get is that, you know, nobody listens to me. Nobody listens to my concerns or what I want or what I need. So giving them that opportunity, and although I may have a thousand things on my calendar, my agenda, those little two to three minute conversations with them, a five minute conversation with them, means the world to them. Because I remember how I was at that age, and I wanted somebody to listen to me. And um, not take it for granted that they know certain things. Mm-hmm. So when I'm asking them things or asking them to do things, I'm asking them, do you know how to do it? Because if you don't, I can help you mm-hmm. and I'll show you. So the 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 thing that gets them is that you're going to take time from your busy schedule to show me how to do this. Why not? Mm-hmm. If you need the help. If you need the help. And then just give them a space where they have a room and board, they have um, food on the table, because a lot of times they're they eating fast food. And I had to get, because we have a cook at my job, mm-hmm. and I had to let him understand, because he used to get a little upset when the kids didn't eat his home-cooked meals. Mm-hmm. And I said, you have to understand, these kids 
probably have been growing up on fast food. So they're not used to having Sunday dinner. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or dinner cooked every night. Because they probably got frozen pizza or pizza from the corner, pizza shop or Chinese food or McDonald's. The hot dog they from 7-Eleven. There you go. Sometimes they probably had chips for dinner because that's what they wanted to eat. The parents said, listen, that's what you want to do. That's what you want to do. Because they weren't in tune. For whatever reason, their parents were not in tune with them. That's the reason they ran away from home. Either it was abuse, either it was neglect, the combination of the two, or something else. But whatever the reason are, they're here. Mm-hmm. So we have to kind of go to what they're like. So we started to do Taco Tuesday. We started to do, like, breakfast for dinner and things like that. And these are the things that they like, as opposed to them having, you know, um, turkey wings and, 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 and cabbage and rice. Right. What is a turkey wing? Why is the chicken wing so big, you know? <laughs> they don't know what that is. They have no clue. <laughs> Exactly. Let's gradually get them into that part, you know. <laughs> um, you know, having spaghetti and having chili and having um, the sloppy joes and stuff because that's what they know. Although it might not be the the most healthiest, but once you start introducing them to those things, then you can gradually get them to maybe eat a turkey wing or so because now they're like, oh, this is something different, something new. Exactly. So you know, the, the trust in that part and also just creating a space for them because we have a house. So we have a lounge and I just put some really oversized leather chairs in there and there's a big screen TV and there's a PlayStation 5 in there and there's <laughs> just things that, you know, they need and we have the ping pong table, we have the backyard, we have places where you can sit and, you know, I went and bought a projector screen for the backyard. So just trying to get them in like you know, outdoor grass games, just trying to get them a sense where they are comfortable and enjoying their space and what they're doing. We have a computer lab with like 10 computers. I mean, listen, if, I wish I had that. You know right. what I'm like, you know, I don't pay no rent. I get my own room. You know, I get three meals a day and snacks in between. And I get to play PlayStation whenever I want. I get to go hang out in the backyard and hang right. out. You know, these are some of the things that they, they haven't seen or they haven't done. And the only thing I have to do is make sure I'm in here at 11 o'clock at night. I could go out and hang out all day long. And on top of all of that, we're like two minutes from Coney Island Beach. Oh, wow, yeah. So how great is that? Right. How great is that? I get to be by the beach all summer long. And if I want to be there, I can be there, you know? So. And I got somewhere to go home and lay my head down that's safe at the exactly. end of the day. Exactly. And I don't have nobody bothering me. I don't have nobody pressuring me. We have a bunch. We actually, there's young ladies. They all, it, it, it wasn't like that in the beginning because, you know, there's always a test and there's always a trial right. and everything that happens. Right. You know, we did have a rough time. But now we actually have some young ladies there that they all get along, they'll cook for the whole program sometimes, or they'll barbecue out, they hang out together, you know, they do things together. And this is really, the in my mind, what I envision this program to be. Mm. And it's peaceful, it's light, you know, and I try to keep it that way. I try to make sure when we're doing workshops and we're doing trainings with them, mm-hmm. and even with the staff, that everything is kind of calm and peaceful. Because at the end of the day, the program should actually 
kind of emulate who the leader is. Right. And if it's anywhere close to me, then it is going to be peaceful. Because of fire hazards and things like that, I can't bring sage in my candles in here, which is me. Well, you can make a sage spray. I'll show you how to make a sage spray so okay. that you can bring it in okay. and spray it around because I do it to my office when I go to work. Um, okay. And okay. I, I, you know, yeah, so there are things you can definitely get around with that so that you can still cleanse the area, cleanse that energy and, and yeah. recenter. <laughs> well, well, thank you, sis, but it's just, I just feel like my personality is kind of taking over the program. So because I'm calm and I'm just kind of just laid back that the program is at this point right now. Right. And it's, and it's a beautiful day because there were days where it wasn't that. It was days that I had to really like, all right, I have to come in here with my Tim's and my sneakers because we got Brooklyn and East New York and oh. they're about to tear it up again. Oh my goodness. And <laughs> you have to kind of weed those youth out because sometimes they're not ready to leave the street. You know, mm-hmm. they have a lot of gang involvement and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And there was times that, you know, I had to stand up, you know, and be like almost like a female Joe Clark because... <laughs> It's not going down. You know, <laughs> this is not happening here. You know, this gang stuff is not happening here. This, this, and, and, and some of the youth that, that are in my program have been products of sex trafficking, and there were people that were coming in that was active and was trying to recruit. Oh, no, we're not doing that either. So there were times that I really had to, to be the, the, the authoritarian in the program wow. because it was just certain things that I was not going to allow. This is going to be a safe place for this is going to be somewhere where somebody could come and feel like they are safe. Mm-hmm. So we went through that trial where we had to get that. So now we're at a point, like I said, it's peaceful. That's good. <laughs> but yeah. it was a moment that I was pulling my hair, and it was doing that whole transition, too. <laughs> you said, I'm a, a, a female Joe Clark. <laughs> get Is that again? Like Joe Clark. Get it together. Yeah, definitely. You have to come in there like I have my Tim's on. They're like, this is what God Tim's was. He's ready. Here, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> That's right. I, I just feel, I just feel like they, they, they're running away and they're coming to us for help. So because you're coming to us for help, we're going to try the best we can to help you. So you know, this is a, this is a private location. We don't advertise where we are because of that, that whole reason. So for you to have people coming to the door and meet you. No, have them meet you at the train station. Have them meet you at Coney Island train station. Right. Have them meet you two blocks away. Because, you know, you never know. Exactly. You never know what could happen. Exactly. And even for their safety, what if they break up with the person? Now the person know you at it. A lot of times these people don't play. They, you can't break up with them. <laughs> That's for real. That is that is for you real, know. right? <laughs> you can't break up with them. No. So that, I mean, that is... A, a amazing program, honestly, and kudos to you for withstanding all that and bringing a safe place for our LGBTQ youth where they can go. I mean, I grant it. Are are they all female? You you don't have any men there yeah, at all? They're all female. That they're all female identified. So we we had someone who was um, a trans female there and um, it was rough you know and that was another thing it was rough because <clears throat> you know trying to um, get the staff open mind to understand what was going on with this youth because not all of our staff identify okay so we do have some cisgendered staff mm-hmm. so just trying to get them to understand 
the he, she, the them, the they, the pronouns and Absolutely. how important it is to someone. Um, you know, there was a transition with that as well. Yeah, and that it continues to be a trans a transition on a day to day basis for a lot of people. Like we just did a yeah. whole symposium on it, and I was like, I, we have to be mindful of how people are identify and and use the proper pronouns. Dang it! I mean, how hard is it? And if you fudge it up, just say I'm sorry, apologize, and use the proper pronouns, right? I I don't know. I just I I don't know. I guess because it's my life, I've lived it for so long. Um, it it just rolls off without an issue. But I don't know. And you identify as non-binary. Yes, I do. Yes, which I- is very much has. So there's a little story behind that with work. <laughs> oh gosh. So, oh goodness. <laughs> actually, when I went to work. Um, when I went to interview there, there was a, a, a executive director who um, actually had thought of the program and had created the program was a cisgender uh, female. And, you know, I guess when I just told her what my story was, she fell in love and she was like, you, you're the person we want for the program. So she ensured that everything me represented me. Mm-hmm. So no the name is not going to be Christine, it's going to be Chris. Mm-hmm. And the pronouns is everything is going to be they. And, and was very supportive in ensuring that everyone honored that. Mm-hmm. So it was a good transition, everything was good. But probably a year in, our agency merged with another agency. Mm-hmm. And one person that I thought would never... I would never experience, um, you know, certain things of misgender and stuff was the, actually the, the VP of HR. Wow. Kept calling me Christine and I kept correcting, <laughs> no, my name is Chris. <laughs> and then was saying she, and like, no, it's Zay. It's Zay. <laughs> and then she kept saying it and I'm like, listen, so I had to write a nice little letter to the, um, the VP of a residential. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this is who I am. This is how I came in. This is how my email represents. And this is how people at this pro, this agency respond to me and, and call me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And now you guys, I want you guys to understand that this is who I am and this is how I want to be recognized. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a problem with going to my lawyer to get this done. Wow. Because I felt as an HR director or HRVP, you would be a little more sensitive to what's going on or abreast of what is going on. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't feel that you would misgender me, of anybody in the agency. Well, you know, and we I just like, had this whole conversation. I, I actually did a faculty training yesterday about this, mm-hmm. uh, about um, microaggressions and microassaults and microinsults and all that and that's a clear microaggression right there because she's aware and she just chooses not to use the proper pronouns so it's a disrespect and i also think there's cultural things too 
because I, I know that she's Jamaican and I don't want to bring anybody in, but culturally I feel as though sometimes it's hard for them to accept and recognize certain things. And, mm. I, and, and that's exactly what she said. And she, you know, after I wrote the letter, of course, I, I guess there was a discussion and there was an apology. Mm-hmm. But I was really kind of pushed back because I feel like as an HR director, you're always supposed to update yourself on what is going on. Absolutely. And for this to be New York City and for every <laughs> policy and procedure that has transitioned within the last 10 to 15 years, you are still not aware. Mm-hmm. That says a lot to me. That's a choice. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that is. And um, from this whole thing, um, there was a a, um, a committee, um, inclusivity committee, mm-hmm. um, created where the agency is starting to look at policies and procedures, create policies and procedures to protect um, all staff members who identify mm-hmm. as LGBTQ plus plus plus. IA plus plus plus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's right. always a letter added. There's IA, it's 2S <laughs> now, 2 spirit. Yes, exactly. You know, there's a zier and zier and everything. And right. So it's always something added. So um, the committee has done some wonderful things. Um, it has really um, did a trans awareness day. We had um, World AIDS Day. We had certain activities that that came from this, but it's not done. I feel like this is just the icing, just to kind of keep keep me quiet, I guess. Um, but there's so much more work to do, and and I'm open to um, being a part of a committee that's going to be about change in the workplace. Absolutely. So I'm excited about what comes comes about mm-hmm. because I feel like there's so much work to be done because. There are youth that's going to be coming to our program that identify. There's going to be staff that's going to be coming, and they need to feel safe. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the and the agency needs to create those spaces where they can. Absolutely, and that's I think that's where a lot of agencies and businesses are transitioning into. Um, I just know just from the college here that's one of the big things of having inclusive teaching and being more diverse on our campuses because 90%, we just went through the numbers, 90% of the population, the the campus of the students are white. You have maybe a small percentage that are native and then another 14% that that are African-American and then the next largest percentage is the uh, Hispanic. So, you know, the black population and the native population are the, are the smallest population to not only enter into college, but enter into and complete. So, yeah, those are those changes that we, we are <laughs> going to be making for the rest of our lives, I, I feel. I, I don't think we'll see yeah. it to completion in my lifetime <laughs> Unfortunately, but the thing about it is, 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 is they're acknowledging it and they're attempting to make strides mm-hmm. as opposed to an agency on a pushback. Because <clears throat> I was very well ready to go contact my lawyer because, like, listen, this is what I need, mm-hmm. you know. And 
fortunately enough that they were able to respond. And it's not, I'm not going to sit and say that <clears throat> the whole agency is 100% accepting, mm-hmm. but at least they're getting there. Right. They're getting there. Right. Well, that's awesome. And I became an LGBTQ instructor just so that I can <laughs> bring awareness and teach a lot of people who do not know, um, you know, how to be supportive of people who identify because, you know, it doesn't take a lot, but there is a there is a level of respect and there's a level of certain things you can and cannot say or even in a joking way say. Right, because it goes back to that microaggression um, behavior that um, everyone, I don't even want to say just one group of people uh, put out there. Everyone does it. And sometimes unknowingly we do it. So it's all of us taking accountability and being mindful of what we say, how we say it, and um, being just being noticing and being present when we say things to other people that it yeah. can be perceived in a negative manner. Um, you know, even something as simple as asking somebody where are you from can be taken negatively, especially if yeah. they're from another country because they think you may be ready to attack them. And you yeah. can just be coming from a place of sincerity. It's like, yeah, I want to know where you're from because I might want to visit there kind of thing. So, and that's just me because, you know, I ask everybody where you're from because I, you know, we, we like to travel. We like to go different places, right? So I like to meet people from different places because I want to see outside that tourist area about your country. So it's just those little things that I think we all have to be mindful of and that we all have to realize we are human. We all deserve a, a certain level of respect and dignity in life. And no matter what color you are, you know, who you lay down with, who who you pray to, it's all about human kindness. Just being kind and respectful. You know. It's true. It's just that simple. Maybe it's too simple. <laughs> Maybe it's just too simple, right? Um, yeah, so that's, that's, wow. You're doing a lot. Thank you. You know? My my, my plate is full. (laughs) No, it's true. You can't, you can't complain about a a full plate if you, if you're hungry. Right. You can't. No, so I want to thank you for that. That, that you, you're doing some great work and honestly, anytime you are, looking for a soul to help out chip in you know i'm i'm there (laughs) so as you see the life of a spiritual guide never ends and it just continues and we just pick up the journey and share and build our village as we go along and that's what it's all about building up everyone who no matter who what life they walk and just helping them see their true self, their true potential and just being their authentic self and help them along there in that journey. That's what it's all about. And that's the purpose of me developing this podcast is to help those who may need it, who need to hear it, get that boost, that lift 
to help lift them. And that's the purpose of me having Chris and all these other guests, Ona, everybody come on and just talk about their journey because something in this journey is going to lead us forward. So as we phase out, I want to say thank you all for joining me. Thank you, Chris. And um, part three will be coming up soon. So stay tuned for that. And uh, I look forward to hearing from everyone. Please send me your feedback. You can find me on Facebook, Soulful Eclectic. You can find me on Instagram, the Soulful, at the Soulful Eclectic. Um, my email is dc at thesoulfuleclectic.com. And, you know, just drop me a line. And I would love to hear from you. So thank you. And again, once I'm on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and things like that, I will keep everyone posted. And it's been a month since we've been on. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me, subscribing, listening and sharing. I, I truly appreciate it. So stay tuned for part three.